coming up today on In Brief with Law in Order. Join two of Law in Order's experts, Robin Kidd, Global Head of Managed Document Review and General Counsel, and Matt Hollings, Sales Manager for Queensland, as they discuss how to leverage the ever-evolving tools and processes of managed document review to add value to your next project, whether it's a major discovery or simply cataloguing office data. We're Law in Order, the leader in end-to-end document and digital solutions to the legal profession, providing expert litigation support. How would you deal with a million documents in a discovery? How do law firms that run lean really operate? What challenges should you expect during an e-discovery interstate or internationally? We're here to help you find out. We'll speak to experts both in the legal profession and within law in order, looking at case studies, real-life examples and trends. We're Law in Order and this is In Brief. Hi, everybody. My name is Matt Hollings and I'm a sales manager with Law and Order. And today I have Robin Kidd, our head of MDR, here to talk all things MDR. How are you going, Robin? I'm good. Thanks, Matt. Look, I think the best place to start today would be to share with uh, me and our listeners what exactly is MDR. So to step aside from the acronym, it's Managed Document Review. So effectively, it is adding on reviewers and review management to the consulting services that Law & Order has offered for a long time now. In our particular case, we have a team of around 80 lawyers in our Hyderabad Service Centre. They are all direct employees of Law & Order and they spend their time furiously reviewing documents for our clients. Given the nature of the managed document review team then, would it be safe to assume that it just applies to litigation or do you assist lawyers in other areas of practice? Look, litigation is probably bread and butter for managed document review. Certainly that's my professional background. I was a construction litigator, uh, so it was always very doc-heavy matters. But really it can lend itself to a number of different areas. So litigation, yes, but also internal investigations, fraud, cartel conduct, royal commissions. Royal commissions obviously increasingly prevalent, both at that early investigation stage where you're trying to work out exactly where your data sits and then when you're responding to requests for submissions from the commission. Also in the increasingly prevalent and dominant flow of regulatory requests and responses, obviously post-banking Royal Commission, again going back to Royal Commissions, the flow of notices from the likes of ASIC, ATO, ACCC um, and APRA has just been overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's seen anything like it. Yes, it's certainly um, been ramping up post Hain. Another question I'd have for you, and, and the first that springs to mind, at least for me, is that this must apply to matters with significant volumes of documentation. Is, is that typically what you're working on? Uh, We have had some pretty large matters. You know, there are matters that are, you know, the million doc level, which are obviously pretty sizable. Terrifying. Yes, certainly. If you think of one person trialling through a million documents, sure. But really, it's not necessarily just about volume. It's really about that, the ability and the resources to review those documents. So you might have 10,000 documents, you know, 50,000. But even if you're one lawyer with a thousand documents and you've got obviously other matters. I know every client thinks they're the only client, but you have other matters to attend to. You are also preparing submissions, advices, all those kind of things. And a thousand documents can be completely overwhelming. And that is something that we can help with. Very good. So I guess 
to give our listeners a bit of practical insight into some of the processes and services that the managed document review team offer. Can you share with me maybe an example of one of the larger matters that you and the team have worked on? Sure. So last year we worked on a very large construction litigation. So obviously I was in the home turf with construction, which is great. But a very complex litigation, that was the, uh, you know, million doc job that I was mm-hmm. talking about. Very complex there. The timelines were pretty tight. So getting through that volume of documents, you are looking at utilizing every tool possible. We used active learning. So, you know, using um, the coding data to input into the algorithms to try and prioritize relevant documents. So end clients were getting their insights into the material faster and also propagation. So copy encoding across. Now we've all had those emails that we've read where you've seen the same spreadsheet attached to five different emails. Now you can't deduplicate that, you know, as many as the tech tools you want to throw at it, that email and those identical copies of that spreadsheet will still keep coming up in your review. Yeah. So you can propagate results across those fields. So at least then you just need to look at privilege um, of that family of documents. That was a big matter, as I say, and really using every tool at our disposal. And one of the other things was helping the client with their workflows. So rather than us running through all the review and then, you know, here's a million documents later, passing them off to the client, we were providing weekly tranches of documents. So they were able to start second level review faster. They were able to gain insights into their data that bit faster as well. It was always really useful as well, that feedback loop. So much as we had instructions from the client, I mean, the briefing that we received from them was 90-odd pages plus annexures. So, you know, again, pretty meaty. So it became a living document of sorts then, I suppose, through that process. It really did. Sometimes you really only know what you've got in the materials when you get in there and start digging around in them. And some of the instructions that we had from the clients change as a result of that. You know, there are documents in there that they hadn't necessarily anticipated, documents out with set date ranges that they've had to change instructions and say, well, that date range that we said was determinative actually should just be indicative. Um, should just be a general guideline there and that's fine and that because we are doing those tranche releases it means that you can update the instructions you can rebrief the team on that particular note and then you can make sure that the review the client gets at the end is exactly what they want with minimal rework for either party so some pretty close two-way communication um, with the client in respect of that review yeah we really like to feel like we're part of the project team with the clients. So, you know, we'll have weekly calls set up as a minimum, but we will have, you know, daily status updates and, you know, various emails flying back and forth as well. So in a project of that size, that degree of integration between the teams is probably necessary to deliver success at the end of the day? Necessary and I think... It's not necessarily something all service providers would offer. I think sometimes it's a bit of a hands-off approach of us and them between your legal team and your service provider. Um, We've certainly found that the best results for everyone is when you are in close communication and can have that very open relationship. Excellent. So I guess then to the other end of the spectrum, as I said, it's maybe a bit of a misnomer that managed document review applies to large matters. What's the smallest matter that you and the team have worked on? We've worked on spin-offs of other matters, just providing assistance for as low as 1,500 documents. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, just reviewing a subset of documents for our clients. So they were able to get on with the main review and we were reviewing board minutes for a particular subject matter. So volume then for me in that instance wasn't the driver. What was the driver then? So 1500 for most people, probably not a lot. So what caused the client to send that out to you and the team? 
really just the drive for them to be able to focus on other work. That was a fairly straightforward part of the review. It didn't necessarily need, you know, a senior associate going over all those materials, uh, much as our team are legally qualified. But we were able to do that piece of the work for them, send it back complete, and they knew that that was one less thing on their list as long as their arm of things to do and amongst, you know, submissions and witness statements and interviewing witnesses and, you know, developing case strategy. Now, if you're stuck reviewing board minutes that you don't think are going to have anything particularly controversial in them, you just need to have a look at them, then that's something that you can send off to the team as well. So I guess uh, in a lot of ways there's a value-based proposition there for high-value work remains, I guess, with the legal team and, and that may be perceived as a lower-value review might be outsourced to yeah, the marriage document exactly review team. That. exactly. Very good. It's interesting, you mentioned earlier in our discussion the increasing level of regulation post-Hain but also just generally within the industry the amount of regulatory oversight is increasing. The frequency with which notices issued by those regulators is increasing as well. Yeah. And naturally, you've got on the other side of this equation, organisations with large volumes of potentially responsive data. Are you seeing an increase in interest from clients in using the MDR service for regulatory requests? Definitely. We've been working with a leading bank and their responses to various notices from the ATO and they have been coming through a rate of, I don't know, one a month. Some have been larger, some have been smaller, all with very, very tight deadlines. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that the regulatory bodies have still decided that regardless of the size of their request, they maybe still want a very tight deadline on that. But that's something that because we have retained so many of our team that the new instruction comes in, the new notice comes in, can brief the team in you know, two hours or so, and they can just get moving on the data. So speaking of the briefing element, do you want to give us a high-level overview of the workflow from, I guess, notice received to work being produced by our managed document review team and sent back to the client? Sure. So for regulatory responses, as an example, it's pretty straightforward. Often there's not as much difference in the scope as between, for example, different litigated matters. You know, you would have completely different subject matters in, for example, a construction case or a contract dispute. Mm -hmm. But for reg responses, our team are familiar with the client now, and so they can get the new process, the new notice sent across. We'll also receive a briefing note from the client which will have a general who's who, who are the custodians, if there's any priority custodians, you know, that we might need to review those docs first. And then um, we'll receive that and some guidance on the note again. So to make sure that the litigation is wholly owned by the legal team instructing and that, you know, we're there to provide assistance on it. Talking about those complicated matters, we would work with the client to develop a more substantial briefing note. As I mentioned, you know, we've had ones before that have been 90 odd pages, really going to depth in things like disclosure categories, you know, dramatis personae, so you know who's who, to know that if you see an email from Dave without his sign off, Dave's actually the CFO, anything from him is potentially confidential, so, you know, should be treated with kid gloves. But really, it's working directly with the legal team to help give the review team a better understanding of what the matter is, you know, who the client is, how they've got in this position, what the dispute is, what the drivers are for the parties as well. So close communication and collaboration, again, a real again, feature. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of spiking industry trends, so we've got the 
regulatory elements. And obviously there's the other side of that is the resulting spike in plaintiff class actions, not just associated to, again, the Hain Royal Commission, but even more broadly, the, the shareholder actions we're seeing coming about as well too. Does the managed document review team, have they had experience in assisting with class actions? Yeah, we've been working with clients on class actions. It's very much a growth area for us. I think because it is slightly different and just that it's a, you know, a sheer volume of custodians who've got a number of class members that I think it's been not traditionally associated with managed document review, but you are dealing with exactly the same problems of large numbers of documents, things that can benefit from, you know, A, being reviewed by managed document review team, but also being treated with the electronic suite of tools and analytics that you can use when you're on a platform. You know, that deduplication, email threading, looking at clustering and near duplicate identification. All those things combined with review teams can just really help give insights into those issues quicker. Again, I think one of the main challenges that a lot of legal teams are seeing is an explosion in the number of documents required to be reviewed and either a shortening timeline or Mm. a stagnant timeline within which to review it. I suppose that naturally begs the question in some circumstances, how is this going to be possible with our internal Mm. resources alone? And I guess the answer to that question is that it's not, which is why I guess you and the team have been so busy recently. Stepping away from, I guess, the more traditional applications of the managed document review team and into some alternative spaces that we've seen growing, um, you mentioned earlier contract review being one of those. Do you want to shed some light on that? Yeah, just due to, again, it's another matter for assessing data points effectively. It's the same as you're doing in a, you know, a normal doc review. But looking at data points, for example, if you have a company which has a large number of properties wanting to assess leases for when the rent review is due, which properties are due for rent reviews this month, what's the rent, what's the increase rates, uh, what's the duration of the lease, etc. Now, having been a property lawyer in my former life in Scotland, I've traipsed through those dusty piles of files and... What a joy. Mm, yes, definitely need to wash your hands after that. But, you know, it is one of those things that it's very, very helpful and I really wish I'd had available when I was a property lawyer in Scotland to have a team go through, extract data points from all your contracts, you know, be it rent reviews, leases, etc., and enable you to purely have that all those details in a database. Um, and that's something we can do as well. Fantastic. Speaking of data, there's this growing concept of information governance and the way in which organisations, whether they be lawyers or their own clients, are managing their ever-increasing volumes of information. I guess one of the challenges that's been identified for some time but it's coming into keen and stark contrast at the moment is how that data is being managed. And typically the answer to that question is not very well. In a lot of circumstances, whether proactively or perhaps reactively, organisations are starting to take stock of the information they have under their control Mm. and I guess looking to make use of it by normalising, cleansing, validating, um, whatever term you'd like to use that information. I understand um, you and the team have um, been involved on a unique project in that sense. Yeah, just before Christmas 2019, um, we were involved in a project with uh, Queensland Government Department and it was data cleansing or verification of a number of overlapping and historic systems in relation to fatalities in the mining industry. The data sources had originally come from some paper forms that had been input. Uh, You know, occasionally you would have instances where two people had input the same form or 
someone had interpreted one particular phrase on a report and had input that, but someone else had reviewed it from an earlier stage and had, you know, changed the wording. So the, the two uh, reports on the same incident uh, were saying different things. And then you just get, you know, the fact that the data existed over a long period of time. It's 20 years. So the criteria that were being coded against um, and they were being marked on forms changed. So how do you make sure you have a consistent story to identify whether something is, which would have been a serious accident in 2018, would be a serious accident in 2009 when that classification didn't exist. So we worked extensively with the department's expert to help verify all that data so that they could provide you know, a really sound report based on sound data. And naturally, I think the work that goes into normalising and cleansing that data would have far-reaching benefits outside of the report itself, but perhaps assist in developing a framework through which the future recording of those precisely, matters. Precisely. And that's something that we've, certainly the client has reported back, has been very useful to them in circumstances where companies have a lot of historic systems, you know, and then you bring in the brand new shiny system, you know, you do have those issues. Square peg, round hole, mm. trying to get data across. And you don't yeah. have, you know, they're not necessarily speaking the same language. That's one of the things where you can verify your, potentially your old data to bring it up to code, to bring it up to the same standard or the same classifications as your new data. You also have, for example, companies that have grown by acquisition. Therefore, you have multiple back office systems who all have different reports across, you know, the range of the existing companies. And now they're under one parent company. Now, how do you know how one company is tracked against another when they're all using different reporting systems? And I imagine even some of the world's largest companies wouldn't have the capacity to dedicate staff to that cleansing exercise without significant investment or departure from business as usual activities. Precisely, precisely. And that is the thing that in all these cases, business as usual has to go on. So you have, be it in law firms, you have other clients you've got to serve. If it's internally, you know, for example, in-house counsel, they all have jobs that they do on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. that are not document review. They yes. are not data cleansing. What do you mean? I thought that was, you know, the core focus. Yes. Um, and that's the thing they want. Companies want to be able to undertake these tasks without impacting business as usual. And that's where we can step in. Well, that's all terribly exciting. It's nice to learn a little bit more about um, you, Robin, and, and our wonderful MDR team. And clearly there's um, a growing level of application of this particular service, You know, as you said, not just to litigation, but regulatory and, and even expanding further into some more business-orientated areas such as contract review and, and data cleansing. And it's nice to know that this sort of service is available to clients on, on matters big and small. So no doubt um, in 12 months' time we can catch up and, and hear about some more war stories that you and the team have helped clients to overcome and I really look forward to catching up. See you in 2021. Happy days. Thanks, Robin. Thanks for listening to this episode of Law in Order's podcast, In Brief. Law in Order is the leading supplier of end-to-end document and digital solutions to the legal profession. We provide expert litigation support through cost-effective document production, expert managed document review and discovery management, and e-trial and e-arbitration solutions. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, please let us know at sales at lawinorder.com. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please tell your friends and colleagues and leave a review on iTunes. We hope you can join us again for the next episode of In Brief. Until then, thank you for listening.